Welcome back to the Curiously Guided Podcast. We're your hosts, Shay and Mariah, two intuitive business strategists exploring the intersection of entrepreneurship, spirituality, and the subconscious mind. And today we have an episode with our girl, Natasha Mack. We're super excited for this one. Uh, so yeah, both me and Shay being empaths or highly sensitive people, whatever you kind of want to refer to it as, we were extra drawn to Natasha and like how she built a successful business by turning her sensitivity into a superpower. So you're going to see in this episode that Natasha has a knack for telling stories that feel extremely relatable. And she gives super helpful advice for owning your energy, following your intuition, and creating a business that not only feels good energetically, but actually aligns with how you were put on this earth to serve. So yeah, there's so many golden nuggets in this episode. We think that it's like a really great combination of spiritual insight and grounded business advice. Mm. Um, I've always really just enjoyed being around Natasha. She has this most lovely, incredible, warm energy that just emanates from everything she does. And in this episode, we really get into a lot. We um, start way back at the beginning. And Natasha, Natasha has a story that I think a lot of us can relate to of just you know, growing up and feeling like you have intuitive, you know, hits and wisdom and guidance, and then being told by everybody else around you that, you know, um, don't trust yourself. You can't trust yourself. You need to listen to the system. And, and she kind of goes through her story and how that impacted her, how she broke through it, and then went on to build a really successful business, literally by just sitting still, listening to herself, in, you know, just trying to discover what can come out of trusting what shows up for you and trusting the plan that the universe has. So Natasha gets into some really cool stuff that Mariah and I nerd out about a lot, like Akashic Records and how to use that in your business journey, um, dealing with the inner critic, talking about the witch wound and how a lot of us women, it's really more of a safety issue. You know, how do we feel safe showing up as our true selves and how to really build that safety and trust in your body. So this episode was just incredibly nourishing and life-giving for me. Um, I went back through and listened again early this morning and noticed things I missed the first time. Natasha is so full of wisdom about a lot of things. So I'm really excited to share this one with you guys. And just to give you a little background about our guest, Natasha has um, a really varied and diverse background and story. She started is a psychic medium. She's an Akashic Records reader. She's also an ADHDer, um, just like our guest last time, Ash. She's a six-figure business owner, mom of four, coach and mentor for highly sensitive entrepreneurs. And she really helps people focus on how to ditch that inner critic, build confidence, enhance trust and intuition, and most importantly, how to really show up as your most authentic self um, and make money in that soul aligned way, which I know is the dream for all of us. So without further ado, let's dive in. So like, who are you and how did you get here? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Right away, I felt guided to just share about um, childhood and how Basically, there's this reoccurring theme throughout my, you know, childhood and teen years and even early adulthood of, you know, me being 
invalidated a lot, gaslighted, um, and basically learning not to trust my intuition. Like anything that could happen to steer me away from trusting my intuition did happen. Um, and I was very, very intuitive as a child. Um, I could feel energy. I was very telepathic. So I was actually hearing thoughts that weren't mine, um, along with feeling feelings that weren't mine. And so this was really challenging to navigate. And it's actually really common for highly sensitive people, empaths, um, whatever resonates with, you know, whoever's listening. But um you know, I would just know things. I would know things. I would feel things um, about people. I could feel their intention. I could feel what was behind the mask, you know? And it's it's interesting how many times throughout my life it ended up being validated in one way or another, you know, maybe not right away, but later on I would find out the truth about someone or I would find out that I was actually right or I'd have, you know, a feeling like something would happen and then it would happen. But it wasn't until I started my journey with mediumship that I actually started to take my intuition seriously. Um, like it didn't matter how many times, um, you know, that validation was in my face. It wasn't until I was literally talking to dead people that I was, <laughs> that I was of course, I mean, just very, casually like no no big deal it wasn't until then where I was getting literal evidence from past loved ones and that was being validated that I started to understand my intuition and the language of energy better um so that was like a really major part of my journey I owe a lot to mediumship um into you know doing um, mentorships for strengthening my mediumship, all of that really helped me understand how our intuition speaks to us, the language of energy, right? Can um, I pop in and ask a question? So I really resonate, and I never thought about this, but as a child, like repeatedly being told, you can't listen to yourself, <laughs> you have to listen to outside forces in every aspect, in school, in church, in relationships with adults, um, so how did you break through that and pursue mediumship? Like, what did that look like, the, the beginnings? I love that you shared that because I think, again, this is like really, really common. And it's true that we've been sort of steered away from ourselves our whole lives, right? You're full, but you're told to keep eating anyways, you have to go to the bathroom. You're not allowed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like all of these very subtle things that sort of cause you to distance yourself from yourself or to just not really acknowledge your intuition or just sort of, you know, or even, you know, our imaginations are so big as kids. And then we're told, oh, that's just your imagination, right? So, yeah. and it's also, I feel like, like our, our parents were never guided. Do you know what I mean? Like they were never guided to follow theirs. And then, so then they're just showing up doing what they've been told. Oh, like, this is what I was told. This is how you, how you teach kids, how you raise children. And so like, they never questioned it. And I feel like we're the ones that are like, Whoa, wait a minute. This could have, this could have went a little differently. Yes, exactly. Um, we are the ones who came in to sort of 
change that, to change the game, to um, to break the cycle, right? Um, so what was the initial question again? How did you, like, okay, I'm like, where did mediumship come from? Because I'm imagining myself on this journey and the idea of like, I can't trust myself to, I'm going to pursue mediumship is like a jump. <laughs> so how did you get there? Yeah. Okay, so... It's kind of funny because I look back now and I'm like, wow, I was so, I don't know if the right word is naive, but I was just so, it's ridiculous now. I literally was having experiences with past loved ones, but I just thought it was my imagination. Um, I know after my husband's um, uh, adoptive father passed, I could feel him and I was like, I can't even hear my own thoughts. It's so loud. Like I could feel him here. It was so weird. And then there was another time where um, I was sleeping in my grandma's house and I had my baby um, in my bed with me. And in the middle of the night, I am just woken up by all of my grandma's past siblings. No joke. This was before I realized I was a medium. So I'm like, what is happening? And I can hear them talking. They're admiring me, saying how much I look like my mom, how cute my baby is, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I, I know this isn't real, but if it is, you guys have to go. I need to sleep. My, my whole body was shaking, vibrating because the vibration was so high. And this is the thing with connecting with past loved ones is their vibration is so much higher than ours. So there's something called spirit anxiety where you could be having this random burst of anxiety and not know why, but it could actually be because you're connecting to a spirit or a past loved one. So I found that out later on. That's what Oh my happening. God, that's, <laughs> what a way to explain it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And not only that, so before the series of events that led to me figuring out, oh shit, I'm a medium, um, I couldn't go out in public, you guys, because it was so embarrassing how someone would come up to me and talk to me and all of a sudden I'd get anxiety and my entire brain would go blank. And I couldn't understand why this kept happening until I realized oh, <laughs> their past loved ones were trying to come through. Like, so the, the past loved one would clear my thoughts to insert their thoughts. Tell and, Nancy to stop eating the cookies. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, why am I so awkward? Why would I create this way? And I was just like, hey, I guess this is just like weird social anxiety that I've you know, just seemed to develop more strongly. So anyways, that led to a friend telling me about this medium who came and did this group event thing for them, for her and like her group of friends. And she's like, yeah, she taught us how to do psychometry. Psychometry is when you read the energy of an object that belonged to a past loved one. Okay. So she's telling me about this and she's like, yeah, I connected to, you know, this person and like it was really cool and, and whatever. And it really intrigued me, you know, when something just like sparks something inside of you, almost like, Hey, I know this. I don't know how I do this, but I know this. And so <laughs> I ended up, um, using this. So I ended up going home. Okay. That day, because I was so like, I got to do this. Like there's something telling me I got to do this. 
So I had this coin, which there's a long story connected to the coin. We don't need to get into that. I had this coin who belonged to someone who passed on. And I ended up practicing the psychometry. And I didn't know how I knew what I was doing, but I knew what I was doing. I knew to pay attention to what I was feeling, what I knew, what I was seeing, you know, in my mind's eye and what I was hearing. So I start writing down all this information, which I just thought was like fucking random, right? Which it was really random, wrote it all down. And then I call my mom and I ask her like, does, you know, does any of this stuff make sense? She just so happened to have my grandma with her. And it turns out to be one of my grandma's friends who had passed on. And I was like, but how did, I was like, this coin didn't belong to that person. I'm so confused, right? Because the intention was to connect with the energy of the object. So I was very confused why this other woman came through and it all made sense. Anyways, I know why now. It's because I I finally opened myself up to actually do it and 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 spirit took that opportunity um but after that i started practicing with different objects like you kind of ask around on the download of course because you know don't want the community to know <laughs> major women <laughs> like does anybody have a brush that used to belong to their grandmother literally like okay someone gave me a headband that belonged to someone who had passed on a headband and I was like is this even gonna work like what the heck I I do it and the evidence that came through was so specific okay I literally heard the name Brenda no joke okay I tell this person who was a friend of a friend whatever so I would there's no way I could have known this I didn't even know who this freaking object belonged to So I give her all the evidence. She's able to literally validate every single random ass thing that came through. Brenda was an inside joke between the woman and her husband. That's what he called her as a joke. That wasn't even her real friggin' name. Wow. (laughs) And how would you know, like, barely anybody knew that. No. No, and again, I I barely knew the person who gave me the um who gave me the headband in the first place. And I had no idea who that headband would have been connected to. And I didn't know that person in real life either. Real life, you know what I mean? But yeah, so all of that <laughs> eventually led to me no longer needing an object. And I was able to just start cultivating the trust because I started to develop an understanding of that language of the clairs of the energy and I I started to understand the familiarity there and then I was able to start incorporating that into my life and eventually you know start my business and all of that jazz so that was a really long response but (laughs) no it wasn't I had goosebumps the entire time um I love that your description of that like inner knowing how when you went to the first that event with the medium you're just like there's something here and I got to run after it. And that honestly is the whole concept of this podcast, Curiously Guided. I've had that too, of just like you hear something and you're like, I've known this and this is it. And, and running after that thing and having the trust of yourself to go after it. So you're like this lovely success story. So I'm wondering, how does the business come into all of this? So you're, you're training your skills, 
you're sharpening the sword and then when do you start seeing clients and what did that look like oh that's such a good question um so for me basically I started doing practice sessions through word of mouth um actually there was someone who I grew up with who um passed very tragically within the community and I started developing my gifts um you know I would say I can't even remember oh my god time is so weird but anyways afterwards you know is when I started developing my gifts and everything and he started coming through to help bring healing to his family because this loss affected so many people in the community and he was able to give me specific I'm like um, I'm getting chills like all the way down my spine just like yeah so this guy um man, he was able to give me such powerful messages and, and evidence that I wouldn't have known. And like literally him giving me information to show his, um, his family that he's, he's still around, you know, like, like stuff they were doing that day. No word of a lie. <laughs> um, so anyways, he, I feel like he was a guide for me for a while. He really, really impacted me for sure um, and helped me develop those gifts. And, and um, it was great because it felt like I was helping him and he was helping me, you know, but on the other side. So anyways, I started like that. Word started getting out. Like, again, I really wanted to keep this on the down low. Um, and I started doing sessions by donation. I was literally charging. So yeah, do, by donation for like an hour session, eventually I started charging. Like I remember getting my first $20 and being like, but did I give enough? Did I get enough session? Was it enough for them? Is it worth $20? Yeah. So I went from that. Okay. To like, okay. so relatable for like, Oh, yeah. spiritual entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs, females in general, like all of that. And then I feel like you just, you combine all of that in like charging for a service that you don't have physical, tangible proof. It triggers the inner critic to literally be like, is this even a thing? Are they charging me for air and like bullshit that I'm making up? Exactly, exactly. And so much of it is tied to your self-worth as well. In the beginning, you're just, you know, it's this new skill. It feels very vulnerable. And you're just like, oh my God. And the comparisonitis is like fucking skyrocket. It's in turbo mode. Okay. You're like, and, and me being me having a very loud, very in your face inner critic you know, I'm comparing myself to people who've been doing this for years. You know, you've got Teresa Caputo, you've got Tyler Henry, the medium, you got, you know, and then other people that I was looking up to. So yeah, I went from charging $40 to eventually, um, once I did my, 
this is what I told myself. I need to be certified. I need to <laughs> another fully relatable thing. <laughs> Give me all the courses. <laughs> yeah, I need all of the courses. I need all of the certifications. I need to learn, educate, and master before I even talk about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So ridiculous. Cause I look back now and I'm just like, oh, like <laughs> Because I know how how naturally and organically gifted I was in that skill. But at the time, I, I had such a hard time believing in myself. And so I thought, oh, I need this piece of paper. I need people to take me seriously. That and was to the feel other- safe. Yes, exactly. Like I need that evidence, that proof that, you know, that I am legit because there's also the wounding around look at how they, look at how they show like psychics and stuff. Like, look at how ridiculous it gets. And I wanted people to take me seriously. So I did um, a mentorship uh, for called Unlock Your Inner Medium uh, by Lindsay Marino. I fucking love her. If you're interested in mediumship, highly recommend her um, as a mentor. We'll, and, add the, we'll add the link to our website in the, in the show notes. Perfect. So yeah, I, I trained with her. Um, I actually ended up doing three mentorships with her, but anyways, this was like her foundational one. And once I did that, I was like, wow, I need to start charging more. So my husband and I were like super broke at the time. And it was like really scary to invest in myself. Like that was, that was a terrifying thing. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm putting a lot out there, you know, by, by doing this when we can barely afford other, other things. But, um, luckily I was able to borrow the money from my mom to do this. And I was like, Hey, well, if I'm ever going to pay her back <laughs> and actually like start making an income from this, I need to start charging more. And so then I moved it up to $80 and I started getting more comfortable with that. And it's so funny how many people, <laughs> But it's funny when you, when you take a leap like that, you know, let's say you start expanding your capacity to receive like money. Okay. Well, there's going to be some outside energetic resistance in some way. And so of course I had people who were just baffled that I could charge that much. How dare I? Okay. Like they were just literally offended, even though I'm literally just trying to like survive and to, (laughs) and to charge what I know. Like, I don't, I don't like saying like what I'm worth because we are worth so much more, but just what I felt that what I was giving was valued at, at that time, you know, considering the investment that I made, the skill that I've been able to master all that stuff. Anyways, um, yeah, so that's how I ended up doing that. And then it's funny because anytime I needed to up my price, um, the universe would give me signs. Like I would start seeing that number or I would get a tip 
and it would be that same, you know, amount every time. And I was like, okay, I understand I'm ready to increase that capacity now. So, so then I would go ahead and, and up the price again. And uh, yeah, so that's, I think that answered your question. <laughs> it, it was beautiful. And I'd love to talk about, I think that's a fear that everyone has raising their price at any level. You get a couple no's and then you automatically assume it means you're wrong. But really, it's okay to get a couple no's. And I'm hoping you can give us some encouragement that the yeses come as well, right? And then at that point, you're less quantity, more quality, which is a really nice spot to be in. Yes, exactly. Um, so as you know, like I mentioned, like, it's so normal to have that bit of resistance coming outside of you, when you are doing that when you're stepping out of your comfort zone, you know, when you're taking some sort of leap, when you're going through an expansion, okay. And it's funny, because the resistance that comes in is, is going to trigger the wound, <laughs> that whatever it was that you are uh, trying to, you know, overcome or, or whatever. So, you know, naturally when it comes to raising your prices, it's still normal to have a few people who come in, who, you know, who give you the no or who have something to say about it. But the key here is to keep going anyways. Always just keep going anyways because the yeses do come. And you'll notice that more aligned soulmate people come. People who truly value um, what you offer. People who are willing to invest in themselves, in the experience. And you'll notice that it actually takes the experience to the next level because of that, because there's this energy of that appreciation of someone valuing what you do. Um, there's a really big difference in energy. Just like you said, it's sort of like quality over quantity. You don't have to hustle and do session after session after session. If you can do two amazing transformational sessions, you know, depends on what you do, of course, but um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it, like once you work through that resistance and you raise your prices and you work through, work through those triggers that come up, it's like your energy as a human, as a soul becomes more potent. It becomes, it, it becomes so much more powerful because you're rising up to your next level of expansion. And then you start to attract people that are magnetized to that next level of potency. Exactly. Exactly. You've reclaimed a part of your power by continuing down that road, despite the resistance. It's like, you're not allowing, you know, the, the outside influence, the whatever opinions, you know, the negative Nancy's, whatever it is, um, hold you back from doing the thing. And you'll notice that the more that you, you do that and overcome that, you know, work through those triggers, you, you do the thing anyways, even if there is X, Y, and Z, you'll notice a cultivation of trust and confidence. Um, and those things, those outside influences, the, of you know, um, the resistance, it doesn't actually affect you as horribly, um, depending on the level that you are expanding into, of course. Um, 
but anyways, you, you just sort of have an awareness of, oh, I know what this is. Oh, I see what this is. Okay. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. That brings up a good question to where it's like, it's, it's kind of like dealing with the inner critic, right. Mm -hmm. Of just like the inner critic telling me, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I'm not ready for this. How in your experience, like, how do you know the difference between the inner critic and your intuition? Mm, Such a good question. Okay. So the way it has been for me and so many of the clients that I've supported and worked, worked with is that the inner critic is very negative it's sometimes hurtful. It's of course critical, right? Um, and I, it tends to be louder. There's like a, a different energy about it where it just feels more abrasive. It feels um, just sometimes it'll even remind you of someone from your past. Like sometimes that inner voice will actually be the voice of, of an abuser or of someone who really had a negative impact in your life in some way. Um, and so I sort of recognize it like this isn't my voice. This isn't my own, right? The intuition is so much more like a whisper. It's so much more supportive and it's helpful. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's supportive and helpful. I kind of imagine it like um, a guardian angel whispering in your ear or like it's this inner knowing that's not connected to anxiety or fear. There's no like emotion around it. You notice the inner critic will bring up emotions. There's almost like density attached to it. Um, you know, it, it, it loves to bring up old shit, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> where your intuition is like, it's, it's giving you something helpful. Um, yeah. And it's, it's almost easy to miss sometimes too, especially if you're not very, um, tapped in or, or you don't spend a lot of time with yourself. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes it's your intuition is almost like an impression that like a wave of an impression that washes over you. And it's like, you almost miss it sometimes, And then it'll sort of start to show up in other ways. Like it might show up, you know, signs of the universe. I'm sure everyone has heard of that or maybe they haven't. And maybe this is like, huh, an aha moment for them. Um, But yeah, then the synchronicities will usually start, you know? So that was a really long answer, but I hope it helps. (laughs) That was like the most perfect answer I've ever heard on that question. (laughs) Thank you. Volume, like inner critic is loud and abrasive and it has like a that heavy feeling to it. And then, you know, we have that more subtle, quiet confidence voice that comes like a wind or a wave. Um, that really resonates for me. I love that visual. And it's funny, there's a really helpful book called Mindset by Carol Dweck, and she encourages you to name your inner critic and like it's a character. Um, so mine is Arthur. And one thing I constantly tell Arthur is I turn, I'm like, Arthur, turn the volume down. And like, that's literally what I imagine is like, I'm going to a stereo and turning the volume down because he feels so loud. So that, that metaphor is perfect for what the weird story I already have in my own head. So I really like that. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. I may try that. I, you know what name popped into my head? Like Susan. So maybe <laughs> I, 
Um, I love the dial thing because that's actually something that I teach my students who want to enhance specific clairs. So you sort of imagine, you know, clear sentence, which is your clear feeling. And you look, you imagine that it, there's a dial from, you know, zero to 10, and you can sort of adjust that dial for yourself for all of your clairs when you start developing them. And because for some, for me personally, <laughs> when this was so helpful for me, because my clairsentience, which is again, the clear feeling was so intense. It overpowered everything to the point where there was one time um, I was connecting with a past loved one who had been stabbed um, and I could feel it. And it caused me to have anxiety because this, I was like, this is way too intense. And so um, that's when I was taught that you can actually adjust those um, levels, you know, and, and I found that to be very helpful. Wow. This is such a good segue into what we've been excited to talk to you about, which is the idea of being highly sensitive. And what you just said, I have always been like, I think the sentience, uh, I'm definitely like kindergarten level language on all of this, but I, the feelings, I can walk into a room and like spot someone who's like having an off day. Like I just can feel everybody and it's overwhelming and it does lead to a bit of social anxiety. Cause when you go out and you're like, I don't want to feel all of this, you know, I'm exhausted. So it feels empowering to me hearing you say that, that I can almost, I don't need this right now, you know, and like turn it down. And I have some control there that that's really lovely. Yes. I love that. Like, I, I love that that was helpful for you. And I know that what probably anyone who's going to be listening to this is probably either an empath or highly sensitive, you know, or, or maybe they don't even realize that's what it's called, but they can resonate with the, um, they can resonate with feeling everything, you know, from a very young age. So, um, so what was the question or was it a question? <laughs> Sorry. This point, but what we were excited about, uh, this is Mariah and I are both impasse, highly sensitive, but I, you know, you are in the club as well. And we talk a lot about, um, is it a tool or is it a roadblock? And so I know that you're familiar with like the neurodivergent community and ADHD. I've heard them talk about sensitivity. Like I think they call it RSD, reactive sensitivity disorder, I think. And it's a seen as a bad thing. And everyone is like, oh, I'm crippled by my sensitivity. But then when I started hearing about highly sensitive people and HSP, it was the same story, but flipped. Like this is your superpower, you know, lean into this. And for me, that was so encouraging. So I I'd love for you to just like share with us a little bit. I know you're kind of leaning into this in your business as well. What does it mean to be highly sensitive and has it been a roadblock or a superpower or both for you? Oh, I love this so much. Okay. Um, I especially love this because not only what, like, you know, am I a highly sensitive person and, you know, have ADHD, but also I have four highly sensitive children. <laughs> and I would say each of them are sort of neurodivergent in their own way. Um, so they all have their own unique quirks and things. But so I, I've been able to learn through having them how to, you know, support them in their own unique way, right? <clears throat> As they all have things with like textures and sounds and like just sensitivities to even what goes into their body. 
So I learned so much from them, but also, you know, I've, I've lived it. So (laughs) growing up totally feels like a curse, like literally (laughs) feels like this is the worst. Why on earth would, you know, anyone have to live this way? Yeah. I feel like I didn't even recognize it when I was little. Like I, yeah, like even the word highly sensitive, like now that I think back, it's like, that's why I was so okay with kind of like when I was younger before the age of like eight, eight is when I really started like hanging out with my friends a lot. But before that, I like spending a lot of time on my own in my imagination and like playing these games. I remember you guys remember Beanie Babies? Yeah. So Beanie Babies, I used to sit on my bed and throw the Beanie Babies out. And then I would imagine that I was saving them and they were like caught in the water. And just like, I was saving them with a belt and a clothes hanger. And I made this thing and like this whole movie in my head that I was saving these Beanie Babies. But like, I was so content with just being in my imagination and playing. And like, now that like, I understand, I mean, all kids have like the imagination and things like that, but like, I remember my parents fighting and like, it affected me a lot more than it affected my brother. And like them yelling instantly made me feel like I couldn't handle this energy. And I would lock myself in my room and cry because I didn't know what else to do. It felt like debilitating where I was like, I feel like I cannot physically move my body. And I feel like I haven't even allowed myself to really sit with that until recently. And like, just like how it starts to play out in your childhood and why you were so, so quiet, even though, you know, it's like all of these conversations that you're picking up in your head and like, is this mine? Is this not mine? And like, you can't rationalize it yet. Mm, Yes. so hard to so much of that (laughs) um and a very common thing for highly sensitives is they need that alone time to recharge like they absolutely need that um unfortunately it seems like as they get older boundaries seem to be very a very difficult thing to even have or have awareness of um Uh, What was the other thing though? Boundaries, um, people pleasing. Okay. Um, There's this common theme of, of highly sensitive and empaths wanting to sort of blend in. Don't stand out. Right. Um, Don't be too big. Don't be too much. Um, And just feeling like you're different. Like in elementary school, I remember like everybody had their pockets of friends and I was like, why do I feel like I'm just so different? And I know until I was an adult and someone actually recently was like, are you tired of everyone telling you stop being so sensitive? And I was like, I've been told that 100 million times. And I always interpreted it as there was something wrong with me. And my whole life I've been like, how do I stop being so sensitive? I don't know, you know? (laughs) Totally. I heard that so many times where people would even want to just like, be so careful around me because, oh, you take everything to heart. Like it was such a negative thing to those around me. And so that made me so incredibly insecure. Like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, why do I feel things so deeply? Um, 
you know, even with animals, I could feel so much from animals that it actually caused me to feel like I need to like disconnect from animals because it was just too much, you know, um, and that's another thing that can happen in childhood is, is you go through something or, you know, maybe there's a series of experiences where you learn to sort of either disassociate or numb yourself or tune out the outside noise because it, it is literally just too much. Um, and as, so for me personally, like what my experience has been with becoming a more empowered, highly sensitive is I learned that we do have control over. So it, it takes a lot of taking your power back in many of the subtle ways because our energy tends to be leaky, you know? Or, or again, we have those very poor or non existent boundaries. And so as you start getting, uh, I was going to say getting more comfortable, but that's not the word because it feels incredibly uncomfortable. Um, as you just start, creating boundaries in your life, you actually start reclaiming some of that personal power and your aura changes. Your aura is not so leaky and wide open. You're not so much of a sponge absorbing everything. As you create those boundaries, um, it's like you start to become more empowered energetically as well. And not only that, but the, you know, the more you start to have that relationship with yourself, you start to get to know yourself, you start to um, actually feel your fucking feelings <laughs> and then move through those, right? You start to acknowledge the, your own patterns, you start to um, pay attention to your own thoughts, all of that. You start to get familiar with your own energy, right? How can you, how can you know what your energy is? What is yours? What is not? If you first don't get to know your own. So when you do that, you can get, you can, um, very easily start to acknowledge, whew, like there is something off in this room or wow, I am so drained after having this person talk my ear off for, you know, three hours, right? There's like, you start to acknowledge all the things that aren't serving you or that are depleting your energy or that just aren't feeling in alignment for you. And this is something you get to also take into your business, which I don't know if we're moving in that direction, but um, yeah, it's, it is just like a, I don't know what I was going to say after that. I'm sorry. <laughs> please, please continue. Tell me what that looks like to bring it into your business. <laughs> this is my big question of life. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, once you sort of, once you start that whole process, just like for yourself as an individual, you can start to also tune into the energy in your business. Okay. Maybe there's an offering that you fucking dread, but you keep it as a part of your business anyways, or there's a product or service, whatever it is that just isn't feeling good. Like it's literally draining you. You're not excited about it. That's got to go. That's an energy leak. Imagine a faucet that is open. It is leaking your energy, which it's hard to grow, right? It's hard to grow to experience expansion when you have leaky faucets in your business. And so a leaky faucet could be, again, a service, an offering. 
It could even be who you are serving that you feel you have to or that you should serve, but it's actually not feeling good um, to do that, but you feel like you have to. Um, I think yeah, I, I love that example. I feel like that one's not really ever talked about. It's mm-hmm. just like how draining it could be to show up for the people that like you feel like you have to show up for because like you can help them. But it's like at what stage of a certain area do you want to help people with? Because it's like, as I think all of us, our, our main audience is like business owners, but it's like, we could break business owners into so many different categories and levels. And it's like really getting clear on like, ideally your soulmate human, like, what is that? Who is that? But when you first start to dive into it, when you're used to not having boundaries, it feels insanely restricting. Yes, totally. Because you feel like you have to be everything for everyone to please everyone. Right. Um, you might even feel weird, like a weird sense of guilt or shame for narrowing things down to serve you better. Right. Because highly sensitive empaths have a really hard time putting themselves first, putting their needs first, um, experiencing any sort of pleasure in their life or business. Like it just seems to be this like weird thing, but you know, of course it, it depends on your upbringing, the experiences that you've had in your life. You know, I know for me personally, like I've, I've gone through, um, different forms of abuse my, during my lifetime. And so, it was really hard to build that sense of worthiness that I'm allowed to experience joy or that it can be easier or that it can be more fun, that it doesn't always have to be so hard or I don't have to um, uh, do things the way other people think I should do them, right? Or putting, you know, what, putting the opinions of others or, or the expectations of others above my own um, alignment or whatever it is. So yeah, another leaky thing could be even your pricing, you know, and maybe a lot of people have a lot of insecurities around that. It's, uh, I've been there. It's, it can be really hard to charge more, even though not charging more is leaving you feeling unfulfilled or overworked, right? Um, so yeah, there's so many things that can come in there. I was actually just talking to a client yesterday, someone who's a part of her team who, who isn't, um, quite aligned with their, their, their company's values and mission statement. Okay. So I feel like I need to share this for someone who's listening. Um, so just the fact that there's a team member who's not quite, aligned with that like what I said because your you know your your mission statement your values is sort of like the compass for your business right so if someone isn't quite aligned not that they're you know um that they're bad or or that there's anything like that but that can also be a bit of a leaky faucet you know in your in the energy of your business it could hold the growth of the business back a little bit um, so we worked a lot through that and, and yeah, anyways, I just thought that I would share that. Awesome. Thank you. I love the real life examples. Cause I feel like it's easy to stay kind of high. So anytime we can bring it to a real story helps my brain. Um, but two journaling prompts I'm writing down for myself later that I really loved you just shared 
where are the leaky faucets in my business? Like that, oh, wow. That's really cool. And that's not a thought that I've explored. And then I wrote down, how can I put myself first? Because I do think this idea, how could this be more fun? How could this be more simple? How could this be more easy? When I go down those roads, what pops up for me is the shame and the shoulds and, oh, but you have to leave these people behind and you should be doing this. And um, that both of those feel very uh, exciting to explore. So thanks for sharing those. And I wanted to ask you, I've always admired about your business. Number one, you've been able to scale. A lot of people really get stuck in that one-to-one model. And I really like how you have this, you have core services. It is still possible to work with you one-on-one, but you also allow room for a three-month group program, like about something that's inspiring you right now. And you have your mentorship program. And can you kind of walk us through what it looked like to grow from only offering one-on-one to allowing more services that were intuitively inspired? Yeah, for sure. Oh my God, I love this question. I think I say that to all your questions, but it's because I'm really loving them. Um, You know, it's like someone asks you who you are or, or tell me about yourself. And I'm like, I don't know who I am. Um, so <laughs> it's like I go blank. Wait, who am I? So thank you for these awesome questions. Um, oh shit, where did it go? Fuck. You bringing in new services, basically. Yes. Okay. So what would happen is, you know, because I was working one-on-one very closely, like with so many clients, I started to notice certain themes popping up with most of them. Um, and, and then I would start to get signs and synchronicities that, you know, I can actually help more people, you know, if, if I were to just create an offering that, um, that is meant for all these people who are having like very similar, um, experiences or, or, you know, maybe they're having a hard time connecting to their intuition or, um, whatever it was. Cause I noticed that I was teaching people the same thing over and over again individually and I <laughs> it, it, it started to get funny to me that it was so obvious you know and I got so sick and tired of teaching the same fucking thing you know to to each individual person so I was like damn it okay I'm gonna just do this and so I would I would basically accept the invitation that's what it is it's the universe you know, um, is, is inviting you, you know, to accept this invitation to, you know, take this next step in your business or take this leap. Um, and so I would accept the invitation and then all of a sudden I would get flooded with the creative ideas, you know, the content that I wanted to explore, um, whatever it was meant to be called, you know, how long it's supposed to be, I would feel into well, what price would feel really good for me. Um, and that's basically how I would do it. It was just very um, intuitive and trusting the, you know, trusting the prompts that would come through. And because, you know, these themes were so, you know, they were coming up so often um, with clients and just even people like on my platform, you know, it, it spoke to so many people and, and, and it and allowed me to not only help that many more people, but also bring so many people together in like a community and like 
friendships were created, like so many <laughs> friendships were created at that time. And, um, and from there, it was just, I would build, you know, um, once that one would be over, it's like, it would just come so clear to me what the next one was meant to be. Um, so yeah, anyways. <laughs> Mariah just shared with me that you're a projector in human design, is that right? So this idea of accepting the invitations is very um, cool. <laughs> and notice I, was gonna, I was gonna ask if that is your way of responding for projectors. Like your thing is literally to what? Like wait for the invitation? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, as soon as you said that, I was like, this feels like a projector thing. Projector vibe. Oh. <laughs> And it's so funny because I will literally wait for the invitation to come and it'll come through just like, it'll, it'll come through the people I'm connecting with. It'll, it'll come through a very, I don't know, just like a, a various different ways, you know, um, like signs and things like that, but usually from who I'm talking to and there'll be like themes and it's almost like it's from a movie or something. Like it's kind of ridiculous. The how it happens, the synchronicities. <laughs> like, it's so obvious. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I feel like, um, especially when you were saying a little bit before about starting to understand your energy and how you feel in certain instances, I feel like that's really hard for people that like haven't been self-reflective, introspective, haven't had people ask them questions before, didn't realize that they had the power to sit and to take things apart. And I kind of just wanted to in, like inject in there that like personality quizzes and like the Enneagram human design, I feel like specifically for me, that was a really approachable and grounded gateway to figuring out how I worked as a human. And just like, I remember being obsessed with like taking these tests and like, what is like the INFJ? I don't even know what that is called. Myers-Briggs, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I remember taking that one and like whatever my thing was, this was like five or six years ago. I remember reading it and I was like, oh, I feel like I have never heard words that explained how my brain works. And I feel like before that point, I was constantly questioning because I was comparing myself to everybody else around me because we're, we've grown up in a society where it's like, we follow the rules. Everybody is the same. You get treated the same. Everybody operates the same. We're all taught the same things educated in the same way. And then it's like, after being like a young adult and exploring these different like tests or like whatever, like assessments, I feel like those have personally given me the, the permission slip that I didn't know that I needed in order to turn those leaks off, turn the leaks of the faucet off. It's kind of like, okay, I'm not making this up in my head. This is actually how I work. And now I'm going to pay attention to it. So I guess I was just kind of curious, like, is that a similar thing that you have gone through? Oh my God. Yes. Actually, <laughs> early 2020, I went through so much healing with that, where I finally was like, okay, I'm just going to accept that this, you know, <laughs> I am good at a lot of things, 
and I'm not bragging. Like I'm, I'm freakishly kind of, I'm good. I'm talented in a lot of things. Like I knit, I paint, I do a lot of things, but I'm also not so great at a lot of things. Um, and though, you know, the human design, like all those things, like you were saying, and even just having a mentor who supported, um, me honoring my own unique process, telling me, encouraged me that you can do it your own way. You can do it your own way. It does not have to look like how other people do it. It's your business. You can make your own rules and, you know, things like that. Like, I remember just sobbing for like a week straight because I'm like, wow, I can just like, this is who I am. And that's okay. Like, I don't, you know, I can honor my own unique process. And so, yeah, I feel you so hard on that. And because of that, I was able to, you know, create the live containers that I did last year. Um, I created many live containers. I filled them up, you know, um, they were really powerful. And of course, like this year, I'm doing things a little differently, but I know that it served a purpose and I learned so much from it. And um, the other thing I wanted to add about like certain offerings that I've put out that ended up like changing my life and the lives of those who, you know, invest in them. Like I would literally be like, for example, um, I don't know if it was, if Mariah had an awakening call with me, is that where you had, I can't remember where I went into your Akashic records. Oh man, you know what? That kind of translates into a really good story really quick about like how we even became connected. We should have kicked it off with this, but it is just, it's such a funny story. So basically it was, I think it was November, 2020. I think it was, yeah, it was November, 2020. And I remember I was freaking out. I was literally having like a dark night of the soul or just like my, an existential crisis. Like my insides were like flipping on the outside. I was like, who I have been is not who I am becoming. And who am I now? And what the fuck? And everybody keeps telling me to surrender, surrender. I don't know what surrender fucking means. I have always been in control. I, have always been a perfectionist. I've always been super amazing at everything that I've put my mind to. I've always hustled through things. What do you mean I have to give up control that is not safe? So I remember going to Apple Podcasts and searching in how to surrender. And that in itself is hilarious because I do SEO. I'm a Google girl. Like the fact that I even Googled something on a podcast app is hilarious to me, but I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to see what comes up. And I remember Natasha, your podcast was like the second thing that showed up. And I remember there wasn't like too many reviews on it or like you didn't have too many episodes. And I was like, I don't even know why I've like, I remember skipping over yours and clicking on somebody else's. And I listened to the first five minutes and I was like, this isn't it. I'm going to go back to this one. I'm going to listen to it. And I listened to your episode of how to surrender, which I think it was like your third episode. It was something like way in the beginning of your podcast. And then I listened to a few more and I ended up hopping over to Instagram and I was like, listen, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you offer. All I know is that I have money and I would like to pay you for it. So like you tell me what I'm going to get, because I don't know. I'm just 
I'm following the nudge here. I don't have a clue. And you were like, great. You want me to go into your Akashic records? I was like, sure. Sounds great. And then I remember in that call, I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to be working with a spiritual mentor. I don't know what that means. Maybe it's a shaman. I don't know. And on the call, like your face got like tomato red and you were literally just like, I feel really awkward doing this. And I mean, I can absolutely send you as many recommendations as you want. But I'm being told that like, I need to throw myself in the ring and I would love to help support you with this. And I was like, can you send me the list of everybody else, please? And so I remember you did. <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's just, that's such a me thing of like feeling such resistance to the thing that I'm supposed to do. Like we talked about this in a previous episode where it's like, I, that's my intuition and how it shows up a lot of the time is following the resistance. And then I was like, wow, I felt so resistant to her, like throwing her hat in the ring. And I sat with it for like 12 hours. And then I messaged you on Instagram and I was like, yet again, I don't know what containers you offer. I would like to sign on for a longer thing. Let me know what I owe you and what is included. Oh my God. I love hearing that story because it's, it's so funny, like how it works, you know, it's, it starts with you googling or whatever searching something up and it just it's like a breadcrumb trail right so yeah it sounds like that's what we had done together was an awakening call do you want to know how um awakening calls came through to me yeah I was dropping my son off to school I had to pull over because this stream of information was flooding my freaking brain everything inside of me was lit up and I had to quickly take out my notes on my phone and I had to type it all out. Like literally the entire thing came through. I launched it and I immediately booked out a month or two ahead. Holy shit. How that came through. (laughs) I love, you've given so many examples uh, and I'm coaching clients and they're constantly like, I want to have a new package, but I can't find an example of somebody else doing it. And you are such a lovely example of stop searching and like tune in and let it flow through you. And that's what's going to draw people is when it's you and aligned with you and what you're supposed to be doing. That's so encouraging. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, I'm so glad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, actually, you are just like uh, moving us along smoothly. Mariah and I were just at a business retreat and you know, we've talked a lot about tools to help you strengthen your relationship with your intuition. And I like how you really described it as it's almost like this muscle you have to build, right? So just kind of taking little baby steps, seeing what happens, trusting yourself a little more. And then when those old resistance triggers comes up, you're like a little stronger at it the next time they come. And and it's just a constant growth and muscle building system, but tools that have been helpful for us, those personality tests. Oh yeah. I've taken everyone. I love that stuff. Um, There's also been this theme of like stillness and quiet and that highly sensitive people really need to take the space for that and claim it. And so part of that for me is um, these practices of being still and listening to yourself. And one of those is Akashic Records. So Mariah and I were at a retreat and this topic came up and we both lit up and we were like, it's been transformative. It's such a helpful tool for us. It's really reframed everything. And then the girls are asking us, what does that mean? And Mariah and I were like, we're not sure exactly. 
it's a thing that is like a, it's like google for your soul and their past lives it's like the index and like they all live somewhere can you go and to a library like, sometimes i don't know <laughs> all of this information and and sometimes like some 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 fears are stuck in your soul but you can access it in an akashic record and like it was hard to put into words the experiences that we've had because like both of us, I think, have gotten like our Akashic records read from other people. And like those have validated things that we've found when we've gone into the Akashic records ourselves. So I think like, would you mind sharing what your brief overview of like what the Akashic records are? Like, what does that mean? For sure. So <laughs> I just love for your soul. That's you trademark that. Anyways. Um, are you guys hearing me okay? okay? So the Akashic Records <laughs> is a metaphysical library, okay? Um, so this metaphysical library is basically um, like all of your soul records, okay, is, is just like floating in this like invisible realm, okay? And so your soul records is every single lifetime you've ever lived, every experience, you know, anything that's ever happened in those lifetimes, including this one, is all compiled in, you know, this library in your soul records. And to go into the Akashic records, it's basically matching the frequency of the records okay so that's why there's an akashic prayer that you say so there is one by louise so there's louise l erdrich and louise hay do either of those sound right hey louise hay is the one that i was thinking of okay thank you so yeah um, there is an Akashic prayer, which is the original one uh, by Louise Hay, but there's also a newer one that was channeled by Ashley Wood from ALN Within, um, which is that's the one that I use now because I prefer it. I really like it. So this prayer basically gets you to the frequency of the Akashic records. Um, and that's that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> You say I, this prayer and your physical body gets whisked away into a spaceship and you get dropped off on the nearest planet of your soul. Exactly. And so <laughs> for me, when I started going into the Akashic records, it was mainly, so the first thing that would happen was I would immediately connect to um, the person's past lifetime. And it was always a past lifetime that had a, that was still having a really strong effect on the person today. You know, um, they they had no idea why they felt the things they did or had the fears they had. Um, you know, and when they would hear about this past lifetime, it's like it connected so many dots for them. Um, it started to make so much sense why they've had you know, this feeling their whole lives, um, or why they felt very drawn to something, you know, it's all because your soul remembers. And so what would happen is I was able to, to, so not only deliver, you know, that information of who they were, what happened, you know, what is the energy here? 
And then how is it showing up for them right now? But then also, okay, what is it that they're meant to break free from in this lifetime? What are you meant to, you know, heal from, overcome, whatever, um, or reclaim in this lifetime, right? And so, yeah, it was a really, really great tool, or sorry, it is a really great tool. um, And it's been really supportive because just by acknowledging like, hey, that's not even from this lifetime, right? Just acknowledging that um, has really supported people in freeing themselves from it. You know, like, okay, I don't have to carry this anymore. Yeah, I think that when we went into mine, it's funny because like I had something about being silenced in a past life. So like the throat chakra, speaking my truth, speaking up has been in this lifetime, something that like I've really had to work through. And I remember not even telling you that because like there was the first time that we met and you brought up like this traumatic past life in which I was like persecuted for speaking up for people and standing up for people, something, something. And then even further validation was I got my birth chart read. And in the birth chart, there's a certain placement where it's like, which wound do you come in in this lifetime with and like that's the thing that you're meant to heal and it's meant to be your superpower another validation is that like mine was healing this wound with my voice and speaking up and like knowing that i'm meant to share a message and i remember getting all of those validations in literally two weeks (laughs) i was like then i started googling like sound healing frequencies to heal the throat chakra and how loud can i scream in my car without people hearing me and (laughs) It was really empowering for me because I was like, okay, now that I know that this isn't just like me trying to be a little weasel and like not say something and like feeling fear for no reason. It's like, now I know that like, okay, this is a continuous thing and I'm aware of it. And now I understand that I just, I need to put a little bit more love into this area. And like, by doing that, it's grown my business so much. It's grown my confidence. It's grown like how, how I show up and how I help people. It's helped in my relationships and romantic, platonic, family, all of that. And like, I feel like really digging into the Akashic records allows you to transform all of these different parts of your life, which then like flow into your business. Mm. Yes, 100% yes. Um, I literally just posted something about this the other day about how, how empaths, intuitives, highly sensitives are meant, or, you know, our power source is in the throat chakra. This is the lifetime we are meant to reclaim our power through using our voice, you know, advocating for ourselves, speaking our truth. Because this has been a very, very common theme is, you know, the witch wound, right? The fear of persecution, not only fear of being heard, but fear of being seen, right? That's a really big one too. And I've, when, (laughs) when I was coming out of the spiritual closet, I remember literally, literally, okay, not even exaggerating, fearing that there would be a witch hunt. And I had no idea why I thought I was going crazy. Like, why do I literally feel like there's going to be like people, you know, coming after me. And, and I thought, oh no, if people find out I'm psychic, like what if they take my kids away? 
that was another fear that I had, um, which I ended up, um, so my first experience I had, oh, that the one that's coming to mind anyways, where I knew, holy fuck, like I was literally a witch in another lifetime, was my first ever Reiki session, which I had done with this um, really sweet lady who sort of took me under her wing. I think she had witch ones too, because she kept her gifts on the down low and it was through synchronicity that she even found me. Anyways, um, so she did this really powerful healing session on me. And when she got to the throat, I had this, I had this wild vision of someone putting a rope around my neck. Like I was there again. I was there. I was experiencing it. I could see myself on this wooden platform. I could see people in the village watching, cheering it on. Like they were literally putting a rope around my neck. <laughs> I'm getting woozy talking about it. And I immediately, you know, I don't know if you've ever had Reiki done before, but I was in such a deep, you know, um, deep state of rest. Right. And so it caused me to panic so bad that I literally gasped for air and flailed my arms and, and screamed out loud. Like, and then I, she's like, Oh my God, like, are you okay? Like I'm here, you're safe. And I'm like, they're putting a rope around my neck. Like I literally was panicking saying that to her. And she's like, it's okay. And so she of course helped me feel safe and everything, but that was like so intense. And that really helped me understand like, whoa, I've been around the block a few times. <laughs> I've, I've, you know, I've definitely been persecuted in another lifetime. And I feel that way right now in this lifetime. And anyways, that, that was first of many that I've remembered um, and that have impacted me on my journey of being a spiritual entrepreneur. Up for me consistently is I feel very connected to my female lineage. And I have this message from all of them that it's like, now is the best time in history. Like you can speak and you can let your skills be seen. And, and do you know we wanted to do this for so long? And like now you can and it's safe. And that, that really, um, I've had other friends bring that up too. And it seems like we all, I liked what you said about the witch wound equaling keeping our skills on the down low. And I think that's what it is. We have, we have these wonderful superpowers, but it doesn't feel safe to be seen in them because of all of this story that we have in, um, in lineage and past. And man, that's so powerful. And I know it may sound wild to some of our listeners, but there's, it's not as intense as it sounds. It's not you can get on Insight Timer. I have, we'll link it in the show notes. I have my favorite one on Insight Timer that you can do at home. It doesn't have to be crazy. You can also work with um, talented intuitives that could guide you on a journey, but it's not, don't let it be like scary and out there. It's actually pretty accessible. It's always relaxing and calming experience. And it's just been very powerful for me and it, it affected my business in a lot of ways too. Mm, I love that. I love that you brought up the um, ancestry thing because I, I definitely um, have received a lot of encouragement from my great grandmother, who I, my middle name is, I'm actually named after her. It's Anne, but her name was Antoinette. 
And she was super on the down low, like mega psychic, but she was like this French Canadian woman, very religious, like cannot tell anyone how fucking psychic I am. And so she's shown up for me so many times on my journey to encourage me to keep going. Like you get to do this, you know, like passing the torch over to me. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't accepted then, but we can make it accepted now, which actually leads me, I hope it's okay <laughs> I share this. So, so my belief is that intuitives, highly sensitives and empaths are actually trailblazers. You know, we're here to make a serious impact on this earth. And so I know we were talking about it a little bit before about, you know, um, if it feels like, uh, or, oh, if you've seen it as a speed bump, right? So yes, a speed bump that you're meant to overcome, you know, you're meant to reclaim your power. You're meant to be a leader in some way. You have a unique impact that you're here to make. And um, I think we go through so many series of events and experiences um, throughout our lifetime that really supports us in what's the word like okay for me personally I know that if I wouldn't have gone through a lot of the experiences that I have I wouldn't be able to hold space the way that I can I wouldn't be able to feel as deeply as I can I wouldn't be able to support people through wild you know transformations and, and healing um, the way that I'm able to or even to understand my own energetic language the way that I can you know and lead others the way that I can and so when you start to reclaim your power as a highly sensitive person um, you start to tap into how you can lead yourself and then from there, you're able to start leading other people. Um, I just felt like I needed to share that. So yeah, I, I feel like that's a really great segment into we heard that you were launching a, like a six month group cro uh, coaching, coaching program, <laughs> not coaching, coaching. <laughs> Do you want to go ahead and just explain like a couple details about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so this six month group coaching program, like even mastermind, I guess you can call it. Um, it's called Align and Shine. And so I help highly sensitives, intuitives, empaths. I use all those words because everyone has different, you know, things that they resonate with. Um, but entrepreneurs and leaders, I help them through understanding and mastering their own energetic language okay so that includes you know your intuition your energy what is aligned and what isn't aligned for you you know we talked about the energy leaks on this episode so we would go into that as well even yeah just energy in every aspect of your life and business so like boundaries you know we're going to be working through all those things and really helping you master that um, helping them ditch the inner critic, the imposter syndrome, the self-doubt, because that's what's really holding people back from being their true authentic selves and shining, you know? And so we work through all of that. So it's extremely transformative um, and very deeply healing as well. And um, yeah, basically 
you know, through all of that, helping them earn an income in a soul aligned way. Um, because I know firsthand, like this has changed my life, my, my business doing things this way, my whole journey, you know, I went from being like, like broke as fuck. Okay. Like literally getting, um, notices that our water would be turned off several times a year. Um, and all the way to making six figures in my business. So, um, a lot has shifted for me and I want to show other people, you know, what's possible when you start to trust yourself, when you give yourself that permission to do the thing, right. To do the thing that you, that you're afraid to do or, or hold back on whatever it is. Um, and I will be having, um, guest expert coaches. <laughs> One of them is actually going to be Mariah. So she's going to be, um, doing monthly group coaching calls, like for the business side of things, because, you know, that's like what she's good at. And I love her so much. And I know that she is like the perfect person for this. And then I also have someone else. Um, her name is Monique Kessler. So I'm having her come on as well, again, for monthly group coaching calls to support the, the students with um, their nervous system and their wellness and, and trauma healing. So because I know how important that is, that is a huge part of it, right? There's, there's something inside of you that doesn't feel safe to do the thing. So we got to work through why you don't feel safe and help you feel safe and supported. And yeah, so anyways, I've just, I'm covering all the bases. This is like the biggest thing I've ever launched and I just cannot wait to, to do this. So that's, that's, that's a line and shine. <laughs> Here's wow. why I'm excited about it because ton of masterminds out there that'll teach you what you expect to be taught in a mastermind. And I've already learned all that stuff. What I need help with is what you're describing. This like more energetic, the emotional side of running a business. Nobody is supporting business owners that I've found in that way. And that is such an important piece, critical, that is just glossed over. And for us, highly sensitive people, that is it for me. I got to figure that out. And so I'm just so excited about it. It seems um, perfect, like exactly what I was looking for. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, it is. It's really important. And what I love even more about this is this is like a foundational piece that it's, you take it with you the rest of your life. Like, this is it. This is what you got to learn. And this, then you have all the tools and you take that with you as you grow and evolve and, and change and shift and whatever it is. So this is, is very foundational stuff. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate hearing that from you as you know, you are a highly sensitive business owner. Yeah. I'm in the, I'm yeah. in the market for sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. And I feel like, um, just to kind of piggyback off of that, like if anybody listening is feeling the nudge to explore that, to reach out to Natasha, please do that. Like I am a living proof testimonial of how transformational working with her can really be like, obviously, you know, we've become friends after a bit, but like there was one point where like, I was just blubbering and crying on calls with her. And like, she just held this space in a way where like, she, she saw my human and my soul and she didn't push me to, to hustle through anything. Instead, like 
showed me that getting quiet is the answer. And it's funny because on the, on the first few episodes, it's like, you hear me talk about all of these things and like trusting yourself and like how important it is. But like, you were really like that turning point and allowing me to see that part of myself and the perspective of it. Like I wouldn't have this perspective if I didn't type in how to surrender on Apple podcasts. That is wild. Wow. And I absolutely love, it was truly an honor working with you and holding space for you. And yeah, I just adore you so much. And um, I'm grateful for everything that you just shared. Yeah. And I can't wait for other people to learn from you. We will absolutely leave a link to your website or the coaching program or whatever is easiest for you in the show notes. But um, do you want to just tell our listeners where they can find and connect with you? actually (laughs) it's basically just on Instagram so that's at I am Natasha Mack there is an I in my name just to make it confusing um so yeah (laughs) that's that's the place okay cool yeah we'll leave I mean people won't have to go ahead and type it in but we'll go ahead and leave the link to that but uh just the very very last question we promise what has been sparking your curiosity lately? What have you been exploring yourself? Hmm. That's such a good question. Hmm. Honestly, um, the past few months, it's been all things like nervous system. And I know that sounds kind of boring and not super exciting, but it's actually... Um, I think like everyone on this planet needs to learn how to support and nourish their nervous system and need to acknowledge when it's activated because it will literally change your entire life. Um, And that is why I'm including that in my program because sure you can learn about intuition, but if you have a very dysregulated nervous system, if you find yourself disassociating often it's not enough. You need that nervous system support. And so I've been able to work on that firsthand. I feel more in my body than I've ever felt. Okay. Um, and just that you being connected to your body is really, really important. And that's always been important to me, but this was like the missing piece. So yeah, that's like what I'm nerding out on lately is nervous system. (laughs) Yeah. And I think you mentioned Monique. Hessler, we're gonna maybe we'll reach out to her and see if she'd be interested in doing a podcast interview. I feel like that would be a great, a great guest to have on here. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I have chills. Um, she's amazing. I always recommend her um, because I just love her so much, and she would be amazing to have on here, like for real. That that's a whole episode or season we need to have of how to create safety in the body, how to touch in with what's going on with that nervous system and are you in fight or flight your whole life and how do you get out of there because you're right we can't listen to the whispers if if it's turbulent um and i think that's so important and every single human could benefit from learning how to regulate um i'm so excited i hope we can bring you back to talk more about that too i would love that i'm hoping to someday be able to actually like to 
Like I've been told that I naturally am able to support people with that, with really regulating, with really like, you know, coming back to center and grounding, but to do it in a way that is, I don't know what the word is, like more clinical. Is that the, no, that's not, I don't know what it is. Or yeah, maybe just having the actual like information and learning so many different like techniques and ways of really supporting people on a deeper level with their nervous system. Like that's my goal to do someday to take something. I know we joked about certifications, but like for real, like, <laughs> like a full a, circle, <laughs> like to actually be like a trauma expert, you know, um, just so that way I can help people that much more with that. But anyways, those are goals for me, but, um, yeah, I just love you guys. This was like the best time ever. Um, you guys made my whole week and I just love this. You guys are the best. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you so much for coming on. The best. This was incredible. Um, well, thank you. I can't wait. This idea of how to live more in my body is something I want to talk about with you for forever. I think us women are caught up in our heads a lot. So more tools there. Everything you have to say is so valuable. So I cannot wait to continue the conversation. Um, I think we're about ready to wrap up. You feel good with that, Mariah? Yeah, I feel good. All right. So I think we're going to close this episode down. If you guys enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with somebody you think would love it or on social media and tag us in your shares and let us know what part or topic you'd like us to explore next. Also, totally DM us, including Natasha, with any questions, feedback, whatever you're feeling. All of us would love to connect with you. And as always, thank you so much for listening and for your support. Consider subscribing to this podcast or leaving us a five-star review so we can continue to all grow together. And until next time, remember, you have the power to create whatever the fuck you want. Follow the nudge, ask questions, and let curiosity guide the way. We'll see you next time.